I think throwback stuff is fun. And guys, we, uh, we do have a special gift for you. As, as the dads, as you leave today on the tables in the lobby, we got some of these aviator sunglasses because you got to look just like Tom Cruise, man. So don't forget to get a pair. And ladies, listen, we gave you soap on Mother's Day. So leave the, the awesome glasses for the dudes. But uh, we want to make sure everybody gets a pair. And uh, we're just, just glad you're here today. Now, I want to let you know something before I dive into the message. Uh, last Sunday, a lot of you guys know, was our... Our uh, youth ministers last Sunday, Brandon Minot, finished his uh, time with us, and uh, we're really excited. We've got a guy here in the church uh, who named J.R. Horn, a great friend of mine. We went to Bible college together. He's been a youth minister for over 15 years, and uh, he's going to be stepping in in the interim while we're beginning that search, and it'll allow us the opportunity to take our time and really interview a lot of different candidates. So we're really excited about that. A lot of great stuff is going to be coming down the pike. I know some of you parents... Hopefully you got an email from him, but if you didn't, if you have a student, a middle schooler or a high schooler, we really want to make sure that we have your information so that we can communicate with you. So if, if you did not get an email from J.R. Horn this week, please, uh, please make a note on a belong card maybe or swing by the Next Steps area so we can let you know about all the great stuff coming up for your student. But uh, I've been thinking the last couple of weeks about just... The awesome ways that God has been moving in our church. And I know that one of the things, you know, with multiple services and people, especially summertime, there's vacations and people kind of in and out a little bit, it would be easy for you to miss some of the great ways that God is moving in, in people's lives. And so I, I, wanted, I wanted to take a, a moment to just recognize a few people and, and really just to kind of introduce you to a few people that have made a decision for Jesus and have been baptized. Just, this is just in the last three weeks. Uh, but I wanted you guys to be able to see them and just kind of celebrate with them a little bit. First is um, Shauna Johnson, who was baptized just about uh, three or four weeks ago. And that was really great, a great day for her. Next up, we had Riley Baird, who was baptized. Man, he, uh, that was about three or four weeks ago. He was here, had a whole, I think they filled up like a whole section with their family. They had like 20 or 30 family members here. But we were really excited to get to share with Riley. And then we had a midweek one, Mary Howard. Uh, we got to uh, see her, kind of take her next step in Christ. She was the one with the, the blue dress there. Uh, just, a, just a sweet, sweet lady. And really excited to see how God's moving in her life. Then Jason Bridges, about three weeks ago, gave his life to Jesus which is a really cool thing, did that on a Friday night, as well as Caitlin Hendrickson, who we celebrate with her, and Dixie White, both of them, that was, uh, go back, that was actually Caitlin and Dixie there, uh, or no, actually, no, it wasn't, but go ahead, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> too many people, that's Dixie White there, and uh, celebrating with her just a couple of weeks ago, and then last Sunday, if you were here in the second service, we baptized, actually, Vivian Collins baptized her daughter Brandy. Oh, go back. I'm still talking about her. That's Brand. Go no, right there. That's uh, Brandy Collins there on the right, being baptized by her mom. It was a huge day for their family and really, really exciting. And then just uh, just a couple of nights ago, we celebrated with Alex Bartell, who took a big step. This is a big moment for him. And Dalton Haney, who was just immersed and gave his life to Jesus. This is all people just in the last three weeks. So wanted to just celebrate what God's doing in people's lives.
And, and I thought to myself, you know, man, I, I've been excited about all this and seeing, you know, man, praying for people and watching as they're taking these big, big, these big moments. And I said, just wanted to share that with you and let you guys know about that. And for a lot of you, that's where you're at right now is you're in this moment where it's kind of like I, I feel like I need to take a step in my spiritual walk. Like God is kind of you know, he's nudging me, but I, I don't know what to do with that, man. We'd love to start a conversation with you. If you want to talk to somebody about that, please uh, don't, don't keep putting it off. And uh, we're, we're stirring the water, so we're, we're just excited to celebrate with those people. But I love, and this is what this series has been, Retro Summer. I love when the old stuff becomes new stuff. And the 80s, the 90s, just a great era. And whenever we get the chance to look at something in our culture, like a movie or a song or something that kind of defined the era, and we can make an application to our spiritual life, I think that's powerful. I, I, there's something about that that people just connect with. And one of the things I've been excited about the last couple of weeks, you know, we've done some fun songs, and we've had people that have, that have come here that haven't been to church maybe ever or certainly not for a long, long time. Like it's been years, and they come in and they hear Footloose, and immediately, well, I may not know much about anything else, but I know that song. And so there's a connection immediately. And I love when we have the ability to do that. You know, we talked about Footloose a couple weeks ago. Last week, talked about one of my favorite movies of all time, The Sandlot. A lot of you said, man, I went back and watched that. That really is a great movie. It is. And, and this week, obviously, uh, we're, we're going to talk about My Little Pony because it's father. No, I'm not going to talk about that. We're talking, about, we're talking about Top Gun, boys. I mean, you, if you, anybody seen the movie yet, the new one? Everybody, I haven't seen it yet, but everybody who says it's just the greatest thing, they're like, man, it lives up to the hype, so I can't wait. I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to give out any spoilers today. I'm going to talk about the original one, which came out in 1984. You know, there were two really, really awesome things that happened in 1984. One... Top Gun came out, just to find an era. The second thing was Brandon Hatfield was born. It was really, really cool. So I share a birthday with Top Gun. But if you've seen the film, you, you know that it's about Tom Cruise's character, Pete Mitchell. His call sign is Maverick. He's a naval aviator, and uh, he's selected to go to the elite training program, Top Gun. And while he's there, there's all kinds of twists and turns and things that happen, but he's you know, learning experiences, he's working through some ego stuff, and uh, learning that you've got to work as a team, you can't ever leave your wingman behind, lots of great stuff, and honestly, I think the best line of the movie, there's one, there's one line, it's when Maverick and Goose are walking, I've got a picture of the scene, you remember what he says, I feel the need, the need for speed. Man, it doesn't get any cooler than that. That is the coolest line in any movie ever. And, but I, I think that the, the major theme of the film is digging deeper and developing a spirit of courage. It's in the movie. At one point, if you know, you've seen it, you know that Goose dies. And Maverick blames himself, even though it was proven not to be his fault. But he just, he just couldn't get past the guilt. He's just, he just wrecked by that. And he couldn't shake the fear of going through that, something like that again. And his instructor tells him that he could be a great pilot. He says, you, you could be one of the best. But for you to do that, you're going to have to regain your self-confidence. Of course he does. And, uh, you know, 
and it, the movie ends in a great dog fight. He comes out. He's a big hero. It's a big, you know, great, great ending, great movie. You know, you walk out just feeling like you're, you're 10 feet tall. You know, it's awesome. And I love stories like that. We're, we're drawn into stuff like that. The biggest blockbuster films right now are sci-fi movies, superhero movies, fantasy-type stuff. And we're, we're, we are just sucked into that. And I sometimes wonder myself, if hundreds of years from now, if anthropologists were to study us, if they look back on 2022 and they would see, like, what defined the culture? Like, what kinds of things were they really into? You know, entertainment-wise, it's like superhero stuff and fantasy, sci-fi. And, and I, I, I wonder what they, if they would say, what was behind that? What does that say about us, that we love those stories? I think for a lot of us, it says that we're looking for something that's going to get us out of the grind. We're, kind of, we're looking for something that we can, you know, kind of check out for an hour or two and just get a chance to leave our humdrum, you know, ongoing monotonous lives that a lot of us have settled for. Because truthfully, why do we like Top Gun? I don't know a guy, I do not know a guy that doesn't love that movie, except unless the guys that haven't seen it. And, and then you see it and you love it. It's just so, so stinking good. And I think the reason that we love it in large part is because... We want to be maverick. That's what it boils down to. We identify with that character. We see some of the character flaws, and we see the things that he's wrestling with and the, the things that he wants to be. And, man, he gets on his motorcycle and just rips down the highways. You know, he's all ripped and muscly, and they're out playing volleyball and sweating. And every guy's like, yes, that's me. And every woman's like, yes, why don't you look like him? You know, that's what we want. That's what we want. We wanted something to capture our imagination for a little bit. And, and we want to be way out there living out in the danger zone. There's something inside of us, I believe, and this is what I'm going to challenge us with today. I believe there's something inside of us that was planted in us by God that we want to experience something more. Those feelings, I don't think they're worldly. I think it's kind of the fingerprints of God on us. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11 in the Old Testament says that God has made everything beautiful for its own time, and he has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people can't see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. It speaks to our limited knowledge you know, we, we can't see everything that God is doing. We don't know everything that he's up to. That's where we struggle, especially when we're going through difficult times. We talked last week about, you know, those dark valleys that we walk through and, and stressful seasons and painful seasons. They're very difficult in large part because we don't know what God's working on behind the scenes. We, we just don't know. And that's what this says. We can't see the whole scope, but we do know that there's something that's been planted in our heart. He has planted eternity in our heart. We want there to be something more. We have a deep longing for something more because the Bible says that. And God has done that. People will, will say, how do, how do you know? I get asked this question a lot. How do you know that there's a God? You know, there's a lot of stuff we could point to. We could look at, you know, you can, you can look at secular historical records that talk about different things that have happened, that have taken place. And like, oh, look, these stories all line up. 
you could look at archaeological discoveries of places that for a long time, you know, uh, you know, cities that people said, well, you know, it's a biblical city that people say, well, that city didn't, you know, it never existed. And then, lo and behold, we, we discover it. Oh, look, there it is. Just like the Bible said, there, there, there it is. You could, you could, we could talk about the intricacies of the smallest cells and the information that's in there. Where did that information come from? We could look out in a telescope and into the cosmos, into the universe, and look at the orderliness of it and just the way everything works together in harmony and, and say, man, there's an intelligence there. Where did that come from? We could talk about all that kind of stuff. We could spend weeks and weeks and weeks talking about it. But at the end of the day, I, I don't even, as, as great as that stuff is, when people ask me, how do you know there's a God? I say, you know, I just know. I just know. God has set eternity in our hearts. That's why Romans 1 verse 20 says that God's invisible qualities are clearly seen through what has been created. It's, and we're without excuse. You know, we may work really, really hard to, if we're angry. Maybe some of us are angry at God or something painful has happened to us. or whatever, For whatever the reason, there's a hundred different reasons. And we may work really, really hard to try to get ourselves to deny that God exists but it takes a lot of work to get there because we just know he has set eternity he's planted eternity in our hearts you know one of the main things that that just really convinces me is uh when I look at the lives of other people that are going through things that I could never imagine and I think, I, I don't know what I would do in your scenario. I don't know how I would function in that situation. And yet, you just see something deeper, something bigger. And, and they'll say, I don't know how I'm surviving this, but all I know is that God is really good and that he's with me and he's here. And, and you just see, you just see that. And you, that's just undeniable. You can't argue somebody's story because it's their story. We, we are not human beings with spiritual properties. We are spiritual beings with human properties. And we know. It's just something in us that knows. And we have the desire and the ability to understand things and to sense things, to want things, and to do things that are beyond the normal. You don't see that with any other created thing. Your dog may be, you know, fluffy, may be great. And you may love fluffy, and he wants to you know, sit on your lap and all these other things. But he is primarily driven by, you know, instincts and, and, and whatever. He wants to eat. He wants to go out to the bathroom. He wants to sleep. I mean, that's what, what drives your dog. He has no, there's no ambition in him. There's nothing in Fluffy that says, you know what? I want to better myself. I, I don't want to settle for this humdrum life. He's perfectly content to sit in the, you know, sit in the sun and, and eat and you scratch behind his ear. He's going to be thrilled with that all, the, all of his life. But you know that I can't settle for that. I need something else. Where does that come from? It's because we are spiritual beings. God has set eternity in our hearts. Why are we drawn to these hero stories? Why do we love Top Gun? Because we want to be the hero. That's why. We want something more out of this life than what we have right now. But the problem is we're bored. We, we have too much. We, as a country, we're bored. That's why we have so much screen time. You ever look at, you know, sometimes your, your phone or your computer will track, you know, how much time do you spend online? 
I mean, it's kind of scary. And it's just increasing, you know, and, and our jobs and our schools and everything else is becoming more and more dependent on that. And so everything is just more and more screen time. Some of the hottest, most popular videos right now that like you can watch on YouTube or wherever else that you watch where you stream videos, the, the most popular, I mean, I'm talking millions and millions and millions of views are of kids or adults playing video games. That's literally people watching other people play video games. It's like a fantasy of a fantasy. You know, it's like a, it's like a double fantasy. What do, why do we do that? Why, why, why do we do that? It's because we're a bored we're, we're bored people. We're, we're just a bored bunch of sad sacks, I think. And we, we try to find something that's going to stimulate us. You know, what's going what's to get me excited? What's going to entertain me? Because we've just become so bored with our lives. So I want to challenge you today to, to try something that gets you out of your normal routine. What would break your rhythm a little bit so you can experience a little adventure? Whether that is taking a trip or reading a book, or writing a poem, or going for a hike, or learning a new skill, or a hobby, whatever it is, you were created, and you gotta, you got to hear this, you were created for adventure and challenge. If you want to know who you are, that's, and that's a big, big, big problem. I look at a lot of young people today, I'm so thankful, I grew up in an era where we weren't dominated by the internet, like I saw before and after. And I got to tell you, I think it was better before. I really do. And see, everybody agrees with that. Even, even if we're addicted to it, we're like, man, it was a lot better when we didn't have phones in our pockets all the time. Remember when we used to stop and ask for directions? Like, I actually had to talk to a human being. But what I, what I see with, and this is my fear for my kids, okay? I mean, I'm not going to, like, lump all young people together. I'm just talking about my children, okay? What worries me. Is my kids, you remember going through puberty and how awkward that was and how scary and like I remember like my voice is doing weird things and I don't like this and it like breaks and squeaks. You're trying to talk to a girl and you're like, hey, you know, and you got, <laughs> you got acne and like all these weird things are happening to my body and I don't like any of them. And kids, you're confused. What do I do with myself? You know where kids are? finding information the internet i'm confused i don't know who i am i don't know what i'm supposed to be i don't i don't feel comfortable in my own skin so i'll just get on google and try to find some information and guess what the information they're finding it's garbage because it used to be you know back in the good old retro days when you were confused and you were what do i do at least for me i talked to trusted adults you know, my, my parent or my youth minister or my teacher or my somebody that loves me and cares and could give me some good advice. I didn't have a box that I could just find anything and everything that would say, oh, yeah, you should do this. It scares me. It scares me a little bit. And so if, I'm, if I want to know who I am and who I was made to be when I'm confused or I'm anxious or I just feel all mixed up inside, where can I go? To find the answers to that, I need to go to the creator. I need to go to the one who made me. What did he say? Who did he make me to be? There's a website that I, I check out fairly regularly. They've got a podcast as well, but I, I don't really, I, I get way too distracted to listen to podcasts. I just, I can't pay attention. 
but the website's called The Art of Manliness. And Brett McKay is the originator. I love this quote by him. He said that adventure is the element of a full life that's perhaps most neglected in modern society, but it's also one of the most crucial. But the problem is that in our age of technological revolution, we have written off adventure and exploration as things of the past, no longer necessary thanks to our newfound, ever-evolving capabilities. If God has planted eternity in my heart, if I know that there's something more, I was made for more. I'm not like a dog. I'm not like a cat, thank God. I'm, I'm so, there's something else. There's something else. God has made me. He's formed me for more. And yet everything in our world, all of the advances that we're making are by design. They are designed to make our life easier. Everything. Everything that we want, it wants, it's to make our lives easier, to take the risk and the challenge out of everything. And then that's not all bad. I mean, if you've got a dishwasher in your kitchen, that's a nice little luxury. That's great. I'm not saying that, hey, go, let's go back to the 1800s. I'm not saying that. Like, that's great. But the problem is you keep multiplying that over and over and over and over again. It just leads us to being soft. Well, we, we don't risk. There, there's nothing to work for. We, and we long for adventure and challenge, but, but we don't think we have what it takes to experience it for ourselves. So we live vicariously through our heroes. That's why we watch those films. That's why we're drawn to them, because we want to be Spider-Man. We want to be Ant-Man for some reason. I want to shrink down and hide in Berber carpet, you know. We, we want to be Wonder Woman. I don't. Some of you, maybe, you do. But, you know, we want to be those, those heroes because we want to do something heroic. We want to feel it. We know, hey, I, I, my, my life is kind of boring. And this is one of the reasons why I really, really believe that attending church in person, being here, is so vitally important for us that we're here every week because, and I hope you get this, it's not just about like, oh, coming in and going to church again. Like, why do we do things? Why do we do a fun song? Why do we give out glasses and have different, and to make it, yeah, we want it to be exciting, we want it to be fun, but the other thing is, we want to make sure that this is an environment that is challenging you and stretching you every week, to not just settle for boring. I don't just want to settle for, well, I guess this is my life and whatever, I just kind of give up and keep going back to the job I hate, and I settle for the marriage that I'm not satisfied in, and we don't get along, but we're not going to do anything about it, and my kids are wild and crazy, but there's nothing I can do about that either, I guess, and the world is broken, and there's problems everywhere, but too bad, I, you know, I'm just going to live my life. We want to have an environment where we say, no, let's not settle for that, that's not what God created us for. He said, I've formed you, you're my workmanship, you've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So how do we get there? I think that coming to church every week is so important. It's going to challenge you and stimulate you in a way that nothing else can. I don't know that there's too many other places in the world right now that, that do this for us. Because everything else in our society waters down truth and says, well, it's okay to believe whatever you want to believe. Everything's fine and blah, 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 blah. The church is like the last place that says, this is what God says, not, not our opinion. This is what God says. Let's all try to live up to that standard. Let's not water it down and bring it down to where we want it, but let's try to live up to the standard that God has set in place. I've seen, seen statistics even recently that show that people who regularly practice their faith, 
like they attend worship, they're involved, they're serving, they're giving. Those type, type of people that are practicing their faith by every single metric are happier. They live happier lives than those who don't. Every metric as they, they're surveyed, they're happier. Why? Because in some part we're stepping into an adventure. We're doing things that we wouldn't normally do. Me personally, I have been to places in the world, I have eaten things, smelled things, visited with people, things, things that I have experienced and done that outside of the church I never in my lifetime would ever have experienced, but for the fact that God said go, and I went. You know, he calls us to stretch. He calls us to get outside of the normal. That's why every year, you know, it's, it's giving God the opportunity to break through. When you get uncomfortable, when you pursue risk and challenge, we need to be physically in those places where the Holy Spirit can break through in our life. That's why we send kids to camp every year. It's not just so that they can go and have a great time and parents get a little free vacation away from their kids for a week. The reason that we do it is so that they can have these, these life-changing experiences where they're in an environment that's designed to eliminate the distractions and challenge them and allow God to break through in their life. Megan and I are getting ready to take a group of high schoolers here in two weeks. Me and Megan are going to take a, a group of high schoolers down to Florida. And we're going down there to, with, a, with a bunch of other high schoolers to, to have, a, you know, basically church camp, for lack of a better word. It's a, you know, we're, we're going to be there together. And it's not just a vacation. It's not just so we can be on the beach. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it will be fun. But the main reason that we're doing that is because we want to give them an opportunity to hear from God. Get away from the, the norm for a little bit. Let's stretch. Let's grow. Let's have a little adventure. So for you and me, we've got to find a way to do that. We've got to find ways to break out of our normal routines. I want to look at this passage in Proverbs chapter 6. I love the Proverbs because they're so practical and they have a way of smacking you in the face. Well, I'm getting ready to read you. This is a rebuke, okay? Which we don't normally like, rebukes. But let's just sit in it for a second. It says, you lazy fool, look at an ant. Watch it closely and let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell it what to do. Now that's a, a lot of us have that problem. I see people all the time. They can't, they're surrounded by problems. Everything's falling apart around them. And they're just, it's like they're waiting for somebody. Somebody's got to tell me to, you know, to do something. Somebody's got to tell me how to take care of these kids. Somebody's got to tell me how to put in a job application. Somebody's got to tell me, tell me what to do. I, I, it's like they're waiting for somebody to do that. And this is, the scripture says, nope, look at the ant. Nobody's got to tell them what to do. All summer it stores up food. At harvest it stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed? A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty, your permanent house guest. Just sit in that for a second. We want everything to be easy. I want to be able to rest, chill, take it, you know, do what I want to do. Scripture says you do that, you make a lifestyle of that. What kind of a life is that? And let me say, boredom, being bored, is not a sin. 
but our attitudes and choices that arise out of boredom can really be harmful to our faith. The devil loves idle hands. A few minutes ago, we celebrated all those people the last few weeks that have taken a big step. You know, they've given their life to Christ. They, they've been baptized. It's a great reminder for all of us that no matter where you are, we've all got a next step to take. We all have a next spiritual step. All of us. And if you think you don't, then you probably have one more than anybody else. God's called all of us to do something. If we're going to live a life of ambition and adventure and breaking out of the boredom, it's, it's all about what's the next place that God wants to take me? What is he doing in my life now? What is God calling you to do right now? Not next year. What's his call in your life for today? Because there's something for you. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It just lays it out. It says that Jesus died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves, but instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. We got to get that. We got to get that down. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, but how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone and a new life has begun. You just sit in that. The old is gone. A new life has started. Just to know that this is what God calls you to. This is the call on your life right now. It's for the old person, the old self to die and for a new life to arise. He calls you to, to become a new person. God has set eternity in our hearts. We all want to be the biggest, baddest, best person that we can possibly be. That's the Spirit of God in you. That is the Spirit of the living God in you. You feel that, you sense that, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It is the, the Spirit of God saying, don't settle. Don't, don't allow yourself to be bored or intimidated or numbed out. So how do we do that? How can we crush numbness and boredom and live powerfully and passionately? I'm just going to fire some bank shots at you. Just kind of quick fire things. Maybe just to get your mind going a little bit, just some ideas. If you're feeling bored, if you're feeling numb, maybe you ought to take a vacation. I mean, maybe that's part of it, is that you just need to take a little break. You know, we kind of, for, for some of us, taking a break is, is not really in our vocabulary. And, and I'm not saying that, yeah, go spend a bunch of money. I, I, I've, been, I've been asking people the last few weeks, every time I bump into somebody, I'm like, hey, you got any big plans this summer? Are you going anywhere? Are you doing anything special? And almost every single person, I mean, I've probably asked 30 people that, and I would say at least 95% of them have done this exact statement. They go, with gas prices like this, I'm staying home. And I'm like, you know, here, here's the thing. There's a lot of great things to do, like right here. Like you, you don't have to spend a bunch of money, but you're going to let a few extra dollars keep you a prisoner to, to go and, and from experiencing something or going somewhere. I'm not saying you got to, you know, go to the other side of the country, but maybe go to the other side of the city. 
You know, there's, there's a lot of great stuff to do. And many of us, we don't know how to take breaks. We leave vacation days on the calendar. We leave them on the table and just say, well, I'll just, I'll just give up. I, I didn't need all my vacation days. Yeah, and yet, God had in the top ten, like the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament, like these are the, the big ten things you really, really, really have to do. He said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. In other words, take a break, guys, at least once a week. Make sure that you take, get some rest. Maybe, but, but here's the problem. Some of us, that's what we need to do. Others of us, though, we got the total opposite problem. You're good with rest. You, you, you rest a lot, but you're on the opposite end of that spectrum. If you're bored because you struggle with laziness, then you've got to start getting yourself moving. Just a little movement will work. I, uh, at the gym I go to, they've got a, we have a whiteboard, and lately they've said, hey, what's the most inspirational quote you've ever heard? And one of them that I, I look at every day, somebody wrote on there, they said, just keep moving. And I love that because there are days that you may feel like I want to give up. I don't feel like I've got what it takes. I'm tired. You know, I'm depressed. I'm whatever that I am, whatever struggle that I'm going through. You know, you don't have to be perfect. Just keep moving. Just move. Just put one foot in front of the other. So for you, maybe just go out and take a walk or a hike or put in some job applications. Uh, you know, show up to work. Go out and network a little bit. It's amazing. I, I, I talk to two different groups of people. All the time, uh, I get a chance to talk to like small business owners and managers, and they say the same thing. I, I hear the same thing all the time is, man, I just can't find anybody to show up to work. Nobody will show up to work. I'll hire somebody, and the first day they don't show up, or they show up two hours late or whatever, and it's like, it's so frustrating. And then I talk to other people, they're like, I can't get my foot in the door anywhere. I can't find a job, or I hate where I'm working. I, I don't like this. And I'm like, wait a minute, how can this be? That we've got these people that say, I can't find anybody to work. And then I've got these people who say, well, I, I just can't find a job anywhere. And this is what I'm, what I'm learning, at least, and what I'm seeing is if you're a person that will just, like, not have drugs in your system and show up on time and just care, you will get promoted and promoted and promoted. You will be somebody's boss in three months. Like, you will rise to the top. You don't even have to be the best at what you do. You don't even have to be all that good at what you do. If you just show up, not do drugs, and care, you will be practically running the place within a year. And, and, it's, and people are like, where? You know, but what, what's keeping us back? The best antidote to laziness is movement. Proverbs says, look at the ant. Look at what the ant does. Nobody's got to tell it what to do. But it just goes out there and it, and, it, and it does. See how much you'll be amazed how much your life will change and how much better and how much happier and how much more joy that you'll have if you just move. Another thing you can try, if you're going to work on your spiritual growth, if you say, I'm not connecting with God well, start praying out loud. A lot of us, we pray, but it's kind of like in our heads. Start saying it out loud. I, for me, I notice I connect with God really well when I find a quiet, private place. And I can just talk to God and it's not fancy. Sometimes it's just me coming before him saying, okay, God, I'm here to meet with you, and I'd really like to hear from you today. And, you know, he meets me there every single time. It helps me focus a little bit. But the main thing I really want to challenge you with is this, is don't settle for boring. Don't settle for more screen time, for more living vicariously through others. This is your life. This, this is it. This is the one that you've got, and it's short. 
and we don't know how long it's going to last. It might be over tomorrow. Have real conversations with real people. Not just like Snapchat or text or whatever. Like talk to people. Let people get to know you. And you take the time to get to know some other people. Give money. And I mean that. Like, oh, but gas price. No. God says, trust me. I'm going to take care of every one of your needs. I'm not going to let you go without. See what happens. Give money. Take care of somebody. Buy somebody lunch. Just be a generous. Be interesting. And see what happens. Have an adventure. If we could just have... We start with a little bit of movement. The Bible says with faith, just as tiny as a mustard seed, mountains can be moved. If we just start with a little bit of movement and trust God and see what he does with that. Don't live through others. This is your life. Go out and live it. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for giving us your word that is challenging us every day. To, to be the best version of ourselves, to be who you made us to be. Lord, I pray that every person in here, you would just help us to be encouraged, help us to be lifted, so that we know that if we're feeling bored, if we're feeling numb, that there's something, there's something that we're missing. Help us to dig in until we find it. Help us to keep seeking you every day. Help us, Lord, to, to put away the old life and to let that new life begin. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Happy Father's Day. We'll see you next Sunday.